So read uh, this passage from James, chapter 1, verses 1 through 15. James, a servant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Trials. Uh, some translations will say temptations. Um, although I'd say there is a subtle difference that uh, trials, within a trial, there's probably temptations in the trials. That temptations are not always trials. I could lose my job. That's not a temptation. But that is uh, maybe a trial because uh, there's time squeezing on the amount of money I, that is running out of my account. And I have to find another job. The temptation would be in that trial would be that I would uh, lie on my resume to make myself look better to get a job. Uh, that would be a temptation uh, if I chose to do that. Or to continue to trust in the Lord and to continue to be honest uh, that, that he will help me in finding a new job. So uh, trials and temptations are not always the same, although sometimes this word is interchanged for trials. I would, I would consider that the, probably more, what is more accurate is that temptations are within trials. Uh, but consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his, his high position, but the one who is rich should take pride in his low position because he will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossoms fall and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade even while he goes about his business. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Verse 13, when, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. I want to add just one little portion from 1 Corinthians. That I'll read again from 13. And uh, I'll read a few verses before, uh, and it says, These things happen to them as examples. And he's referring to, right before in this chapter, these things being uh, what happened to Israel when they sinned against the Lord, and uh, when they chose to sin against the Lord. They had a choice, and they chose to sin. And it says, These things were written as examples, and were written down as warnings for us, on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. So, if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. The church exists to reveal Christ, to bear fruit, and to administer the grace of God in Jesus Christ. The devil, Satan, the accuser, and tempter knows that he will not prevail against the Lord and his church. He knows that he is destined to fail. He knows it, but yet he's got something he's working on. 
The enemy knows that as long as he can play upon our weaknesses, he stands the chance of dividing the church against itself and making its witness ineffective in the world. That's what he would love to do with you. The enemy wants to keep you from revealing Christ in your life, in your everyday life. He, wants, he would rather you hide away. He doesn't want you to bear any fruit in your life because it's evidence of the life of Christ in you. And he definitely doesn't want you to stand firm in your salvation and the gifts that he has given you because if you did, you might actually extend and embody the grace of Christ to others and it might change them and they would put their faith in him too. You see, Satan's schemes and tactics will one day be fully exposed. One day will. One day they will. But right now, he's a pretty good deceiver. But today, I want to make you aware of some things so that you're not outwitted by our enemy. I don't want us to be deceived. In all this unseen spiritual battle, kind of a bit of what you saw up here and a little bit of what's described in James with the, our evil desires that drag us away. In all this unseen spiritual battle that goes on around us and in us and through us, God desires a people that are tested and tried. And, and though he could end this battle immediately, he doesn't. He doesn't. He allows things to continue to accomplish his purposes. One of those purposes one of those great purposes, is that he's trying to form Christ in us. And so one thought along this path is, why does God allow this struggle to go on in life? Why does he allow this? Well, you know, you can't claim to be good if you've never tempted to be bad. You can't claim to be faithful if you've never been or never had the opportunity to be unfaithful. Integrity is built by defeating the temptation to be dishonest. Humility grows when we refuse to be prideful. And endurance develops every time you reject the temptation to give up. See, every time you overcome temptation, you mature and you become more like Jesus. That's producing fruit. That's revealing Christ in your life. That's embodying the grace of Jesus Christ to others when you do that. So God is allowing us the opportunity to be shaped into the image of his son. But God does not tempt. We got to trust the scriptures on this. That is true. God does not tempt. Don't let anyone under pressure to give in to evil say that God is trying to trip me up. God is impervious to evil and puts evil in no one's way. We're also told in the scriptures that each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. The de then desire gets pregnant has a baby, sin. Sin grows up to adulthood and becomes a real killer for us. This is only affirming, these scriptures only affirm what Jesus taught us about the human heart. And he said this, he said, for from within, out of men's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. So, okay, according to Scripture, we got two things waging against us in this life. We have our own evil desires that are waging against us, and we have Satan who plays and preys upon those desires. So some of us here, some of us here, though, 
don't take one or the other seriously enough. And what I'm here to tell you today is that if you want to overcome temptation, you're gonna, you've got to take seriously the evil desires within and the evil one who's without. And so are you ready? Are you ready to really take seriously your humanity, your flesh? Are you ready to take seriously the reality of an entity that is your sworn spiritual enemy who is looking to bring you down? Jesus said that he is here to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his end result. That's what he desires. That's what the enemy desires of you. In the next few minutes, I want to tell you how our Lord has not left us helpless, but he has equipped us to overcome temptation that comes through our flesh and temptation that comes through the enemy. And we are not hopeless or helpless. And I want you to know that the Lord doesn't desire you to be defeated, enslaved, chained, or imprisoned by sin. And he has equipped believers to win before you sin. You can win at the moment of temptation. You can. Some of you have given up. You've given up and the Lord hasn't given you the right to give up. You need to listen right now and hear how the Lord has made a way for you to win. And, and maybe let's just start there. Let's just start there with that kind of resignation. I, I'm just going to give in this give up attitude. If you're at that place, you've already bought into some doubts and some deceptions. If you've accepted that, I'm just going to lose every time. So I might as well not even try You see, Satan has been using this tactic ever since the beginning. Ever since the beginning. After after playing upon a desire, the enemy then uses doubt and deception. The doubt is something like he spoke to Adam and Eve. He said said these little little questions of doubt. Is Is it really wrong? Did God really say not to do it? Didn't didn't God mean that that prohibition? was really for someone else and some other time. I mean, doesn't God want me to be happy? Watch out. Watch out for doubts and evil thoughts that can throw you off the course. After doubt, the enemy comes after you with deception. Again, just like he's been doing from the beginning. And it sounds something like this. Just like it sounded to Adam and Eve. You'll not die. You'll be wiser than God. You can get away with it. No one will ever know. It will solve your problem. Besides, everyone else is doing it. It's only a little sin. But I tell you what, a little sin is like being a little pregnant. It's eventually going to show itself in your life. But this is how Satan tempts us. He identifies our desires and he suggests. And he suggests with the thought that you give in to that evil desire. Or that you fulfill a legitimate desire in a wrong way or in the wrong time. So we have our own evil desires, sinful thoughts. But we also have an enemy who plants thoughts to act upon those evil desires. And I don't know if any of you have ever considered that. That maybe every thought that comes across your head isn't your own. But I would suggest... And I would like to assert that that might be a reality. Considering when you read the words in the scriptures. 
Many Christians are really frightened or they're demoralized by tempting thoughts. And, and they start feeling guilty. They feel guilty because they aren't beyond temptation. They feel ashamed for just being tempted. And, and this is really a huge misunderstanding because really you will never outgrow temptation. You'll never outgrow temptation. Jesus was tempted. And in one sense, you should really take this as a compliment because Satan doesn't have to tempt those who are already doing his evil will. They're already his. Temptation is a sign that Satan hates you and it's not a sign of weakness or worldliness. And and it's also just a normal part of being human and living in in a fallen world. So don't be surprised, shocked, or discouraged by tempting thoughts. It's not a sin to be tempted. And like Sue said, it's the choice afterwards whether you choose to give in or whether you choose to do what's right. Jesus was tempted, yet he never sinned. Temptation only becomes a sin when you give in to it. Martin Luther said that you cannot keep birds from flying over your head but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. And uh, you will never be able to avoid temptation completely. You'll never be able to avoid it completely. But the Bible speaks of when you're tempted, not if you're tempted. And thus we have the name of the series, Not Your Last Temptation. You will be tempted, and you will be tempted again. Will you be ready? And you also can't keep the enemy from suggesting thoughts but you can choose not to dwell or act upon those thoughts. So let me just share with you now what the, the Bible gives as instruction on temptation and the evil desires that we struggle with. The Lord tells you this in the scriptures. He says this. He says, run. When you face temptation, run. Flee. Get out of there. That's the Bible's instructions when you face temptation. And he tells you not just to run, not just to run. He tells you to turn and to pursue something else. In 1 Timothy, he says, flee from malicious talk, evil suspicions, love of money, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. I I just keep on thinking of of Jenny and Forrest Gump. Run, Forrest, run! (laughs) So, okay, I'm running, Lord, I'm running. In 2 Timothy, he says to us, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, along with others who call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, flee from sexual immorality. You have got to run away from temptations and evil desires when you can. You've got to. Well, Shannon, that kind of sounds cowardly. I thought we're supposed to resist the devil and stomp on his face. Well, the scriptures do do talk about that. They do talk about that. But, but, nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible does it say resist temptations. It says resist the devil. It says resist the devil. It doesn't say resist temptations or resist evil desires. God instructs us to run. He tells us that we have a whole army, a whole army of evil desires that can quickly overwhelm us if we don't take our humanity seriously. And we need to start doing that. 
Like Joseph, when he was tempted by Potiphar's wife, she said, hey, come to bed with me. He, he just turned around and took off running, and he left his robe behind him. And we have got to run, flee, and escape, just like he did. Sometimes, like Joseph, we're, we're going to encounter temptation face-to-face, face-to-face. And it means physically leaving a temptation situation. You know, in, in these instances, it's okay to run away. It's okay to get up and turn off the TV. It's okay to walk away from the group that is gossiping. It's okay to leave the theater in the middle of the movie. But other times, temptation and evil desires aren't going to be face to face, but they're going to be in the battlefield of our mind. But either way, here's here's a secret. When we try to resist our thoughts directly, we usually fail. For example, don't think of strawberries. What did you guys just do? You thought of strawberries. I told you not to. What's wrong? What? Okay, it's just the way we're made. And the same thing happens when we repeat to ourselves, you know, stop smoking, stop smoking. Or stop lusting, stop lusting. Or I'll, I'll never do what my mom did. I'll never do what my mom did. You know, if you, if you try to fight that, it's, it's just not going to work. Instead of trying to resist, we need to do what the Bible says and redirect our minds. Flee temptation thoughts and pursue another thought. The scripture says that the best thing we can do is redirect our thoughts from the temptation and redirect it to Jesus Christ, to his life and his words. We're told to set our hearts on Christ and set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. The Lord tells us to think about whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, anything that is praiseworthy. Philippians 4.8. In the face of temptation and evil desires, flee and pursue these things instead. That's the Bible's instructions to us. So that's his instruction. That's the situation. That's the reality of the struggle that we're in. But did you know that you're not alone in the struggle? Did you know that God actually has provided many ways to help you in the midst of that struggle? I'm just going to tell you five ways. Five ways that the Lord is there to help us in the midst of that struggle. And I want you to know that he does not abandon us whatsoever in temptation. So, here's just, here's just five. One, God has said that he will protect you and not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He has put limitations on the enemy. He's put limitations on the enemy. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Second thing, in every temptation, God has provided a way out. God has provided a way out. There is always a way out. Always a way to escape, flee, and run. And our prayers have got to be, Lord, help me to see the way out. Because I know that's where we struggle. We don't see it. When the, when the temptation is there, we don't see the way out. Or we don't have the strength to take the way out once we see it. So let our prayers be, Lord, help us to see the way out and give me the strength to take the way out. And here's why many people don't see the way out and don't have the strength to take it. It's the third thing the Lord gives us to help in temptation, but often we don't use it, and it's the Word of God. 
We'll look at it more next week and Jesus when he, when he was tempted and how he used the word of God. But God gives us his word and through it we can learn to distinguish good from evil. We can gain clearer vision for seeing the way out and see the good that we should instead pursue. You know, this passage in Hebrews uh, 5 describes the word of God like food. And those who don't eat get weak. Those who don't eat get weak. Got to feed on it. Got to feed on it. It's like the story of the dog fighter. Uh, with, he had two dogs. One was a white dog, one was a black dog. And, okay, you're obviously seeing the, okay, good and evil. It's a little, little story here. I'm just helping you out. But there's a white dog, black dog, and, who would always, and he could always predict when they fought which dog would win. And people would ask him, well, how, how do you know which dog is going to win? And, he, and he'd say, well, I always know which dog is going to win the fight. It's the one that I feed the most before the fight. Simple as that. So are you feeding your spirit, your new nature, or are you feeding your flesh and your human nature, the, the old nature? That's the question. It's something that God has given us to help us, his word. Feed it. Feed your soul upon it. And here's the fourth thing. For those of you who have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, God has removed your old heart and replaced it with, with a new heart and a new spirit. Something new has been put into you and the old is gone. You are no longer controlled by your sinful nature because you now have the spirit of God to direct your life. So you're not powerless in the face of temptation and you're no longer connected to those puppet strings of the devil and you can think clearly if you choose to. You can think clearly if you choose to. Yes, freedom in Christ is truly freedom. You can choose to do whatever you want. But be warned, even though you have a new nature within you, the spirit of Christ in you, you still have a body. You still have this flesh. And you still have a will that's been trained by your old nature. And it still wants those things. This is what the Bible calls your flesh. The leftovers here and your will. It's the flesh. That's what the Bible calls it. And it's leftovers. It's leftovers from your sinful nature, nature if you're a Christ follower. And Christ is, you belong to Christ. The freedom you have been given, you can squander if you want to. You can squander it if you want to. But if you feed your spirit... You need to feed your spirit. You can grow strong. If you... Now here's the fifth thing that God has given us to help us in temptation. He has given us his cross. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Did you write, realize that this is an offer for daily help? This is an offer for daily help. But you have a choice in the matter. Are you going to take up the cross? Are you going to crucify those old leftovers, the, the leftovers of the sinful nature with the passions and desires that belong to it? You see, those who belong to Jesus Christ can crucify the sinful nature and its passions and desires. And in being crucified with Christ, we're no longer facing temptations alone. We have Christ living within us. We're not alone in this struggle. He is with us. You see, for those of us who belong to Christ, we're not powerless in the face of temptation and sin. We have a choice. It is not unbearable. He has put limits on the enemy. You have a way out. Pray to see it. You have a map to show you the way out. The Word of God. 
You have a new spirit within you to strengthen you to choose the way out. You have the choice of the cross to crucify those old desires from your old nature leftovers. You're not facing temptation alone. You have Jesus to help pilot your life. And Jesus is not unsympathetic to your weaknesses that come from your old nature leftovers. The Bible says of Jesus that he was tempted in every way. Every way. That's pretty all-encompassing. And yet he was without sin. So we can never say, you just don't understand, Lord. Because he does. He has. He understands. Guys, they're going to be coming up and they're going to be uh, playing a song here in a moment. But here's some of the things that I want you to consider the next moment. For those of us who belong to Jesus, I've only named five things that the Lord has done to help you and aid you in fleeing temptation and winning over temptation. But there's so much more that he's given you. There's so much more. And it it far outweighs whatever the enemy could throw against you or come against you to trip you up. But you've got to take seriously your humanity and the leftovers of your sinful nature. You've got to take it seriously. And, And you've got to take seriously your enemy who's looking for an opportune time to trip you up. He's doing it. He's looking. He's searching. So don't get cocky. Don't get cocky. Learn how to run away from temptation and pursue the cross, okay? You can't just try to, oh, I'm going to resist temptation. You won't win if you're you're just resisting, okay? The Bible says resist the devil, flee temptation, okay? Run away from the temptation. Run towards the cross. Run towards, pursue those good things. Now, for those of you who are not in Christ, I just want to say, naturally, on your own, you just don't have much to resist temptation. In fact, you're not going to have many victories over temptation unless you turn and run to the cross and are spiritually crucified with Jesus Christ through faith. So to everyone here, whether you're already, you already belong to Christ or you don't, You know what the the word is today for you, for everybody? It's run to the cross. Pursue Jesus. Flee the world and its desires and run to Jesus. Run to the cross. And today, as as the guys play, I I just like if, if, if you've been in a place where either you realize you've been given up, you've bought into the doubt, the deception that you can't win, you know, maybe you just need a moment to say, Lord, forgive me for doubting you that, that you're there to help me. You've given me what it takes to overcome. And Lord, just help me. Maybe you need a kind of a new starting place in that. If you do, and you need to somehow express that in an outward way, not just in an inward way, we just want to open up the area down here. If you just want to come, kneel and pray. If you want to sit in one of these chairs and pray, um, and no one's going to come and bother you, No one's going to talk to you or pray with you or whatever. If you just want it to be you and God, that's cool. Now, I'm going to be over here. And if you do want a brother in Christ to pray with you, say, man, I need need someone to stand with me, then I'll be over here. And if you're someone who's who's like, okay, I've never never done this before. I've never come to the cross to say, Jesus, I want to belong to you. I I want to be over here. I, I would love to tell you more how you can take those steps towards Jesus, all right? So those are the opportunities to express what's going on inside today.
right? So we're gonna play this song. I'd like you all to stand right now. And uh, we're gonna sing together, and then we'll be done. <laughs>